The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dan Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is Thursday, good people. It is Thursday. Go Falls 247, I'm Jason Swain. Hope y'all are having a great morning. What is up, Ben McKee? Uh, a whole lot is going on. Allergies? Gosh, there, there's so much going on. Huge football game. Saturday night, Tennessee basketball, starting practice on Tuesday, trying to do some recruiting on the trail this week. Baseball starts uh, fall practice today. Tony Vitello is going to speak to the media after Josh Heupel speaks to the media. So uh, a lot is going on, my friend. So that means we're not going to that in barbecue for lunch? Uh, well, you didn't ask. Uh, I can certainly carve out some time to, to go get dead end barbecue. Uh, the problem, the problem is you, you're hanging out with, with your friends between 12 and three, uh, you, your, your big wigs over there. So I, I don't know when would be a great time, uh, for, for lunch for you. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. If you say so, Ben McKee, Ben McKee, Ben McKee. I'm just I'm just glad that you're allowing me to talk Tennessee football with you this week. Hey man, I'm just, I'm just glad that you uh, got enough time to join us today, man. I, we we are we are blessed. Uh, do you feel better or worse about Tennessee winning this football game, uh, or better or worse about Tennessee being able to to cover uh, large spread over two scores? How how you feeling right now on a Thursday, September twenty eighth? About the same, honestly. Uh, I, I guess if, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say I feel better uh, about Tennessee winning. Not that I ever felt like Tennessee was going to lose. I, I felt like leaving Neyland Stadium on Saturday night, watching Tennessee in the first half against UTSA, watching South Carolina beat up on, on Mississippi State, e- even walking away from Neyland on Saturday, I, I felt like Tennessee was going to win this football game. I, I don't know that they are going to cover. I, I I just don't. This team hasn't shown enough to this point to where I can trust them to cover that big of a point spread against a fellow uh, SEC football team. And, and it's not it's not Vanderbilt that they're playing. Like th- this is a South Carolina team that that has some really nice pieces to it. And if Tennessee doesn't show up ready to play on Saturday night, those those pieces will make them pay. Uh, so I, I don't trust them at this point to cover that big of a spread. Uh, ultimately, I, I think 
They they win a close one, five seven points or so, five or, or seven point win. Uh, because I I think honestly the biggest difference in this football game is going to be Neyland Stadium and the environment on Saturday night. I think that is going to prove to be the difference uh, in this game. And you know Tennessee fans, I'm sure they want to beat South Carolina by more than five or seven. But uh, I think the the way September has gone, you you take a five or seven point win to get you back on track all day long. Man, let's let's start the show off straight to the phone. Man, we had a phone call um, right as the show started, so. Let's let's get to the phones and um and we'll get back to the Tennessee South Carolina uh, game. Hey, maybe this is about the Tennessee South Carolina game. Good morning. Morning, Swank. What's up? What's up? What's going on, brother? What's going not on? Not much, man. Who we t- hey, listen, man. I could not wait for y'all to go live on the air, man. I had this on my mind all night long. Been thinking about it. Uh, and if you don't mind, I know they may not hear me, man, but I like to address the team real quick. Okay, Swank. okay. Hold on, hold on. First. Let the good people know who who we speaking with, so that way when you Caleb, just... go ahead, Caleb. Caleb, I'm sorry, guys. My name is Caleb. All right, Caleb Massey. Caleb. Okay, okay. You gonna give us your first and your last name? All right, we'll we'll take it, man. But good morning, hey, Caleb. Hey, trying trying to go with both of it. You know what I mean, Swain? <laughs> but <laughs> but hey, man. So so I wanted to address the team. And first off, I wanted I want to go ahead and talk to Joe. When Joe, uh, first off, man, your legacy, you're gonna have that orange bow. You know, we can all look back 10 years, 15 years from now. I'll probably carry it with me forever. But if you want to build on that, you got to go out there and do what you're supposed to do. You know, and, and man, I love you. I'll be real. I want you to do well. I really do. I, I, I believe in you. But the thing is, man, you've got to trust your eyes. Your reading reaction time's got to be faster, got to be quicker, and trust yourself, play with some confidence. Offensive line, y'all already know what y'all need to do. It don't matter which five it is that's in there. Y'all need to put on your hard hats. Y'all need to go to work. That's just straight up. Wide receivers, and I know this is Swain's area right here, but wide receivers, as much as I love to hear the name Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, I'm waiting to say one of y'all's. Y'all got to come on. Y'all got to pick it up, man, because this is wide receiver you. Peerless Price, Dante Stallworth, Jason Swain, Robert Meacham. We've always had it. Marcus Nash, Carl Pickens, whoever you want to name. We've all had it, man. And I'm waiting on one of y'all to show up. And Squirrel White, I see his jersey everywhere, man. I'm seeing your jersey in Alumni Hall. I'm seeing it. I want to buy it, man, but you got to give me a reason. You got to give me a reason to get that number 10. And that number 10 means something to me and my family. The numbers 10 and 17 in my family, very high regard. And I understand why nobody wants to wear 17, because after the GOAT already wore it and did what he did here, I can't really blame it. You know what I mean? But 10, if I wanted any more disappointment, I'd go and watch the 2007 SEC Championship guy. Okay? You got to step it up. Defense? Hey, man. Y'all already know. 63 points? This, if, if that don't motivate you enough, since the day that Josh Hoppers got here, we've only talked about offense. We've only talked about offense. You've had some good games. But ain't none of them been great. I ain't the front seven. I ain't seen no orange crush. The 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 the, the DBs. I ain't seen no orange swarm. You boys got to show up and show out Saturday because this is South Carolina. Go handle your business and y'all have a good week. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Ben. Hey, have a good one. Hey, thank you, Caleb. Uh, y'all heard the man. Y'all heard the man. I heard him loud and clear on several points. Um, he said he 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 want to buy a jersey. You got give him a reason to buy it. Uh, offensive line should should have Cooper Mays. Still believe when I see it, but 
better chance to to see him. Um, reports are that he's going to play or likely going to start. I believe when I see it, and if he plays plays well, this offensive line will certainly be a whole lot better uh, and be different. Um, receivers. Although the group had a better game last game, Caleb ain't wrong. This is a game you got to show out. South Carolina, it's worse than the league at stopping big plays, stopping yards per game through the air. Caleb went wrong when addressing Joe. Went wrong. Throw with anticipation. Throw with confidence. Let's connect. Let's do what we know we can do. The best drive of the year, Ben McKee, what would you say? And I hate doing this because sometimes we don't be on the same page. Um, and I don't want to make you look like you, you you ain't on the same page or I'm not on the same page with you. But I think you gonna, I think we're going to be on the same page with this one. The best offensive possession, the best offensive drive this year is? I would say the the opening scoring drive at the Swamp. There you go, my friend. There you go. Six play, 71 yards, two minutes and a second. That was a scoring drive that reminded us of Tennessee last year. Oh, I was like, oh, oh, okay. This this is a Tennessee offense that I know. This, this is a Tennessee offense that I that I thought we were going to get from the first game. I thought Tennessee was going to blow out Florida after that drive. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, man, we we responded. Great drive uh, by Florida on the open possession. Tennessee's defense did a really good job of getting the hole, getting the stop. Our special teams blocked the punt. Amari Thomas got his hands on the ball. We, we, we stopped points from going on the board. Crowd is out of the game. We go down the score. Okay, let's go. But let's talk about that drive, Ben. Drive starters. We've we've seen this offense long enough to know there are drive starters. And they're quick throws to the outside, whether it be to a running back going in motion or lined up there, just catching a bubble screen, or just a pop pass screen, or the ball's going to the outside to the wide receiver. Um those are drive starters. Get some positive yards, be able to sprint to the line of scrimmage, and snap the next play. Well, we did that on first and 10 for three yards. Then we, we threw uh, past Jalen Wright. I mean, Jalen Wright was featured first four plays. So past uh, Jalen Wright for three yards, and then a rush for Wright for, for three yards, third and four. And then Remember the the swing pass. It was a great catch. It was a great throw. One of bet one of Joe's best throws of the year, honestly. Even though he was short. And then Jalen Wright picked up the first down. And then Jalen Wright rushed for two yards. And then we had the deep shot to square white on the sideline. We come back the next play. Romel Keaton, great release with the 11-yard fade route touchdown. That's the drive that we are expecting to see 
more of on Saturday. Like, bottle that up. And against the South Carolina secondary and the defense, I think Tennessee should have more of these drives, Ben. I, I really, really believe that we should, we could, and we will at least have one or more of these drives. You have to. You have to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. What I liked about that particular drive, uh, and I, I talked about this earlier this week on on a separate publication, that I, I thought Joe Milton really showed the improvements that, that he has made over the last two years and the developmental strides that, that he has made. Uh, because you, you mentioned those throws, Swain. Those were three different types of throws that Joe Milton made perfectly on that drive that he was not making two years ago. Everybody wants to say Joe Milton overthrows guys. Joe Milton hasn't gotten better. Joe Milton has a, can't throw the changeup, can't throw the curveball. It's, it's only the fastball every single time he throws the football. No, go back and look at that particular drive. The swing pass to Jalen Wright on third down was, yes, a, a simple throw, but not as simple as it looks when, when you're sitting on the couch on, on a very critical down and distance. Uh, so that was a, a nice, uh, throw by him to put the ball to where Jalen can can snag it right in the numbers and lead him a little bit uh, and give him an opportunity to allow his momentum to take him away and pick up the first down, catch up, get some yak on that play. Uh, and then the throw to Squirrel White showed beautiful touch down the sideline. You, you mentioned that throw. And then dropping it in the bucket, Steve Spurrier style, to Ramel Keaton in the end zone. Th- those were three terrific throws that Joe was not making two years ago. And, and he's been sprinkling that in here or there throughout the course of the season. Need to see it from him more consistently. But he has gotten better and is actually making throws at a pretty high level. Uh, I'd like to throw another drive in for you, Swain, that I, I think we need to see more of and, and something that I think is more representative of the Tennessee offense that we've we've come to know and, and learn. Mm-hmm. And that's that opening drive against Virginia and just the way that Tennessee just ran it down Virginia's throat. And, yeah, you had to convert on fourth down to to put it in the end zone and, and cap off that drive. But that was a terrific drive, leaning on the run game, the running game opening up some holes, Jalen Wright, an NFL running back. Dylan Sampson is playing great, folks. Don't forget that Jalen Wright is going to be an NFL draft pick here in a, in a couple of months. Uh, Jalen Wright is playing some daggum good football as well, and he is still the best back on on this roster. Uh, and, and you really leaned on him on that drive, and then Joe made another great throw on the swing pass to give Dylan Sampson an opportunity to, to score a touchdown on that on that fourth down play. So uh, I'd like to see Tennessee do more of that as well, to to where they're really leaning on the run game, because I, I think the run game, as much potential as the passing game has. I think the running game can really, really be a strength. I mean, heck, they lead the SEC in rushing for a reason. I know it's only four games, small sample size. Competition has kind of been iffy at times, but but you still lead the SEC in rushing. Lean on that. Great points by, by Ben. Uh, we're going to take a daggum break here, and uh, we'll come back. Ben McKee, New Market, Alabama. We're proud of you, man. My <laughs> parents' morning. address is still barely... <laughs> Barely in Huntsville. <laughs> Don't put that on me. I went to high school in Newmarket, Alabama, at Buckhorn High School. Go Bucks! Fear the deer. Oh my 
But the the address is in Huntsville. I I just sent my dad a birthday gift. My dad's birthday was yesterday. Happy belated birthday, Scott. It was Huntsville. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey, his name is Dad. I call him Scott. You call him Dad. I said Dad a couple times, so. Happy birthday, Scott. 865-255-03, South Carolina, Mississippi State last weekend. What can we learn from that game that could help us in the Tennessee-South Carolina game this weekend. We'll talk about uh, that and much more. Tennessee, as being mentioned, there's a new recruiting target. Oh, oh, oh boy. And uh, he's in a position I think we all would agree Tennessee needs uh, for sure in a big way moving forward. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We will take our first uh, break of the day. Again, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. Be right back. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit MindBodyKnoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. You can contact us there. You can be a part of the show by hitting up 
the text box that is on your free Swain Event app. Our text box is brought to you by Betty Chevrolet. BettyChevrolet.com. Inventory markdown. SUVs, pickup trucks, starting as low as $19,995. That's BettyChevrolet.com. Ben McKee, Golf Balls 247. I'm Jason Swain. I think there's a lot to take away from the Mississippi State South Carolina game. Like if you if you're Mississippi State, you gotta be kicking yourself that you didn't find a way to win this football game. Like you can't you can't lose to a, a team that can't protect the quarterback and can't stop explosive plays. How do you let that happen? Well, here's one thing that stands out to me, Ben. And this is this has been one of Tennessee's issues this year too which is why I'm bringing it up, because you can't allow it to happen on Saturday. So, you look at the scoring summary in this Mississippi State-South Carolina game. Carolina scores first, 7-0. Mississippi State scores. South Carolina scores. Mississippi State scores. I'm talking about touchdowns. And first quarter, it's 7 nothing. Mississippi State scores 17 points in the second. South Carolina scores 13 points in the second. You look at the end of the game, at the, the final score, it's 30 to 37. In the third quarter, Mississippi State scored 10. South Carolina scored 7. In the fourth quarter, Ben McKee, Mississippi State only scored 3 points, only kicked the field goal. And South Carolina was able to score a touchdown and kick a field goal. Field goals ain't going to get it. You got to score touchdowns. And in the red zone, you got to be on point with your routes, with your depth, with your timing. With your assignment, you got to move people. It's a run. Everyone knows it's a run. Who cares? Move them. Get a yard. You can't kick field goals in this game because you're playing against the best quarterback right now in the SEC. The best quarterback in the SEC. He's going to make plays. He is playing right now, Ben, at a level that everyone thought he would play at at Oklahoma. So he's going to make plays. He's going to make his. You beat him. You beat him and his team, even with him making plays, by scoring touchdowns and not kicking field goals. Field goals ain't going to cut it, Ben. We got to put the ball in the end zone. Absolutely. And and just to to encompass an overall thought with what you just said, just situational football, Tennessee has to do that at a really high level. On Saturday night, that, that's obviously key in any football game you play. Uh, being successful in third down, converting in the red zone, not killing yourself with, with penalties, uh, just just being aware in, in the different situations that can pop up over the course of a football game, and, and succeeding in those situations, and and that has been Tennessee's biggest bugaboo, in, in my opinion, this season. 
in addition to the offensive line maybe not being where we thought it was going to be uh, is is just that they lack some personnel up front and then on top of that they've shot themselves in the foot and you you can't continue to do that uh, and and that has been in my opinion my the biggest criticism of this team is that they don't they haven't handled those situations all that well so far this season mm-hmm. uh, they they don't convert on third down they have not been a good third down offense and, and that has to change if you're going to get better this season uh, i i haven't looked at the stats and, and where they are now but going into that florida game and yeah it was only two games but uh, they were the worst or second worst in the sec and third down conversions and, and that's just not going to cut it that 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 is the makings of a bad football team and i don't think that this is a bad football team so if they want to get this turned around and Make sure that South Carolina doesn't come into Neyland on Saturday night and take it, take advantage of those situations. Like Tennessee cannot lose this game on Saturday. No, like no, it, no. it's a home game, sellout. The environment is going to be crazy and just a huge advantage for Tennessee. You can't waste that. You just can't. Good football programs do not waste the environments that that is going to take place. On Saturday night, so you've got to convert on third down. You got to get off the field on third down, and then that obviously, in addition to what you just spoke about uh, about punching it in the end zone when you're in the red zone, you, you got to be able to do that too, and, and not settle uh, for field goals. I do feel like the defense has done a pretty good job of kind of standing tall when, when they get pushed back into the red zone and and forcing a field goal or even blocking a field goal, like we saw at Florida. Third down conversions offensively and defensively is important in every game. Like there's some games where you're like, Hey man, turnover margin is going to be important. I mean, that's a stat where like every it's important every game time of possession. Well, when you play against Tennessee, time of possession may be important. There are certain stats that are more important in certain areas of the game. That's more important than others. Third down conversion is important in every game at every level. Little league, middle school, high school, college, pro. Like, it's an important number. Why? Because offensively, when you convert on third down, you're giving your defense more time to make adjustments on the sideline, more time to recover, recuperate, re-energize. Defensively, when you get off the field on third down, you're giving your offense the football. Third down conversions are going to be pivotal in this game. Like it, it is in every game, but definitely in this game because we've seen how in the Florida game, the offense having issues hurt the defense in the first half. Now, the defense handled their business in the second half, and offense was not able to, to, to get back in that game uh, for us. But third down conversions, as you mentioned, Ben, very, 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 very important. Well, real, real quick to, ahead, to give some give some stats uh, to to what I was saying. Just real quick, uh, Tennessee is currently ninth in the SEC in third down conversions. Uh, Tennessee is ninth. South Carolina is eighth. Uh, the only teams Tennessee is ahead of on third down is Auburn, which is pitiful in offense. Missouri, which has been hit or miss. Surprised to see Ole Miss twelfth on the list. Uh, Florida thirteenth and Mississippi State. Uh, 14th, and here's the other thing, Swain, that that I think highlights the money downs and the lack of success on money downs this season for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 
last year under Hendon Hooker and, and even going back to year one under Josh Heupel, you could always count on Tennessee going for it in a lot of fourth and short situations, depending on the field position. And they were really successful doing so this year. They have not had the same success on fourth down. They're two for seven on fourth down this season, uh, which that conversion rate uh, is tied for 12th tied for second last in the sec. Now, like Alabama's one for one and technically they lead the sec because they have a conversion rate of a hundred because they've only gone for it once and gotten it. Um, but Tennessee towards the bottom on fourth down conversions, converting just 28.5 per percent of the time. And and that's something that Josh Heupel's offenses at, at Tennessee have, have also allowed to be a cushion of, of sorts. If you do come up short on third down uh, it, it, again, if the field position was, was right, they'll go for it on fourth down especially in a short yardage situation. And I feel like Hendon and Hendon's offense always picked up those situations. This offense has has not picked up those short yardage situations on fourth down when they've gone for it. I feel like I, feel like I should wait to the other side of the break to, to bring this up, but I don't, I don't think I can, Ben. I don't think I can. You know what? I can because we got a phone call. So we'll get to the phone call and then we'll bring this up on the other side of the break. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Good morning, gentlemen. How's it going? What's up, man? Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Well, tell Nelson and Jackson to put mute on the pod because we about to talk some basketball for a second. Okay. It's, All your, right. boy, it's your boy, DZ in Milwaukee. What's man? up, man? I- good, to, good to see you last weekend and officially meet you, man. Yeah, it really was. I uh, had a good time talking with you, breaking bread. I know Pops did, too. Um, I sent him a, a little clip from the show on Tuesday, and he was kind of excited about that. So, um, again, glad you were able to show up and glad we were able to break bread. Yeah, for sure, man. Look forward to the next time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ben, I heard you yell out, fear the deer, and I had to rise up off my couch like uh, Michael Keaton on the first Batman. I, I know uh, you are excited this morning as a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Have you have you ordered your Damian Lillard jersey just yet? No, not yet, not yet. I spent a little bit too much money at Alumni Hall over the weekend, so we're gonna have to wait till the next paycheck for that one. <laughs> uh, that, you're gonna be waiting for the next two or three paychecks if you went to Alumni Hall. Oh uh, yeah, I sure did. But um, yeah, man, everybody up here is excited. Obviously, you know, people are sad that we had to get rid of Drew Holiday, but. Bye. You, know, you gotta do it. You gotta do what you gotta do to get somebody like Dame in the building. So exactly. I think everybody will be all right. Exactly. I and Ben tell you this, like I'm I wasn't like the biggest Bucks Bucks fan. I got a lot of respect for Giannis. There's just something about it. I just couldn't really like I couldn't like cheer for him. But I always right. respected them. Um but Ben will tell you this, Dame my favorite player in the league. Like he my favorite player in the league. And I'm gonna be tuning in now, Daisy. Hey, I'm I'm gonna be tuning in now. I don't know if I'm (laughs) gonna be a fan of the Bucks, but like I'll be tuning in. And I'm one of the biggest Dame fans uh, there is. So I'm happy for him because he's paired up with someone that has the same mentality as him, um, a killer mentality, and Giannis. Um, How about that, man? Old Jimmy has about to get himself a winner. He about to he about he about to win a chip. Here soon. But I'm excited for you, man, for sure. 
Yeah, man, we we really are. But um, excited for the game this weekend. Um, obviously, we got get some revenge on these chickens. Um, last year was that was really hard to watch. Um, and then obviously um, the result at the end, losing Hendon, um, losing the chance at the playoff, all of that. So I'm hoping we stick it to them on Saturday. Um, I was encouraged by a lot of things that I saw at the game mm-hmm. uh, versus UTSA. Um, minus the third quarter, of course. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm not liking how this spread is moving. Um, you know, Vegas knows things that we don't, but just as a Tennessee fan, I don't, you know, those, those spreads just, I don't know, they bother me for some reason. I think it's just a batter ball syndrome thing, of course, but, um, I'm just hoping for the best on Saturday. They need it for sure. They lose this game and then, I don't know what the uh, prospects of the rest of the season looks like with a loss to South Carolina, especially without their you know best player on offense. So, so we'll see. Um, I think they get the win. I think it'll be a lot closer than some of our crazy fan base is uh, predicting at this point. I know everybody's excited because they want the revenge, but got to remember this team did just beat the brakes off of us last year. So yeah, hundred percent. Let me ask you a question, Dizzy. Where, where did you watch the game last year between Tennessee and South Carolina? I watched it. Um, actually, uh, I was here in Milwaukee and watched it with my uncle and his girlfriend. Um, they were excited for me to come over and watch, you know, obviously we had been doing well and, yeah. you know, they were excited to sit down and watch Tennessee and yeah, by halftime they were, talking me off the ledge so <laughs> yeah you say it was hard to watch and you watch it from milwaukee i watched it from the sideline yeah it was rough it was rough man what an opportunity um this week my kinky key illinois brother yes sir yes sir <laughs> hey man thank you so much for for uh calling in supporting us listening to us and it was good to meet you uh this past weekend Always love, gentlemen, and uh, next time, hopefully, we can get Ben to come through. Uh, ben, I wanted to congratulate you again on your uh, on the next bun in the oven. Keep putting in that work, young man. No, stop putting in work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I'm going to stop for, for at least a couple of years, but I, I appreciate you, and sorry I missed you, but but next time you, uh, you're in town, I, I will certainly go out of my way to make sure we link up. Okay, we'll do Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hey, you thank too, you, DZ. For sure. DZ, DZ trying to set you up, man. Come on, keep putting in work. Uh, no, sir. No. You, you, need, you need to take a day off. You need to put in some PTO time. You need to take a vacation. Look, all, all I'm going to say is my wife and I were high school sweethearts. And we, we, oh, okay, we, okay, we okay. have been together we don't need no for, details. for a long time. We don't so need I, no I think, details. I think I did okay. You, you did, man. Did a, you did a, did a great we, job. We, we had our first kid nine years after we started dating. So I, I, I think I, I did a, a perfectly fine job. You are the father. That's correct. That's correct, baby. We, we happy for you, man. We, we are happy for you for sure. I don't doubt about it. I uh, mean, if, if if you want to know some details, though, no, nah, we 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 good. Let's let's go to break. Let me let me just go ahead and get us to break right now. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. We are going to break. We gonna come back and um, 
we have a special guest uh, visitor, a special guest that's going to be at the game that potentially can help Tennessee in the future. Dolly Parton? The, 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 the future health of Nico. <laughs> we'll talk about that coming up. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's Healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Caleb called in early with a fantastic phone call addressing, addressing his team. Totally inbound call. Because I think if you are on this football team, the first thing you need to be doing is looking in the mirror and challenging yourself. Saying, all right, man, it's time. It's time to play our best game. It's a long season, and we have not played our best Leaves are dropping. Weather's changing. This is the time. This is the time to put it all together. Offensively, defensively, special teams. It's time to go. Uh, appreciate Caleb calling in, man, because he called in right at 8 o'clock. Waited about six or seven minutes uh, to say it with his chest. He certainly did that this morning. 865-255-03. Sweet event hotline. Jordan Seaton, 6'5", 295, IMG Academy. Counseling an official visit to Oklahoma to come to the Tennessee 
South Carolina game. I mean, these stories write themselves. These write themselves, Ben. Why is he canceling his visit? Oklahoma? And for who? Josh Heupel, the former Oklahoma quarterback. This should be a full-court press like we've never seen before this weekend. There needs to be a sign as you are transporting Jordan Seaton from the complex to the stadium in the golf cart. There should be a sign on the golf cart that says, Jordan Seaton, for all the fans to see and to cheer on. There needs to be a chant of his name inside of the stadium. I know we do it in basketball games. We've done it before. We've, we've seen that, Ben. We've seen players come on an official visit in January and get their name called by the basketball fans. It's really cool. And it's, and it's, real, it's, it's, it's great because TBA holds a lot of people. But we need Neyland Stadium doing it. We need 100,000 people chanting Jordan Seaton's name. We need to make that happen. Somehow, some way, we got to make that happen. Because on, on three, on two, four, seven, Tennessee is nowhere to be found as far as predictions or anything like that. So we got to make up some ground. Can, I, can we do it? Absolutely, we can do it. Josh Heupel, in my opinion, needs to, and I think he will, he will be the primary recruiter here. When you have a player of priority, you got to step in. You got to take over. You got to send them text messages late at night. You up? Like you, you, you got to talk to George Seaton all the time. It's a, it's about week next week. It's time Josh Hype will get a, a PlayStation Four or Five account. He got he got to play PlayStation with George Seaton. He got to send them TikTok videos. He got to slide to his DMs. He got to play Call of Duty. What, whatever Josh Hypo got to do, he needs to do it. Ben, I think every really good player is a must-get. But this is a must-get for Tennessee. Offensive tackle. Yes, yes a- absolutely. Uh, I-, I am curious to see if he ends up playing Offensive tackle, when he does get to college, uh, he is 6'5", 287, uh, according to our profile at 247 Sports. Um, but we do have him ranked as an interior offensive lineman, uh, still a top 100 player overall in the country f- by us, uh, the 247 composite, which takes all the rankings into consideration and, and comes up with one mm-hmm. ranking, has him as the number 36 overall player in the country and the number one interior offensive lineman so uh, we'll be curious to, to see what he ends up playing I, I haven't heard one way or the other what position uh, he would fit best at in college uh, I do believe he's playing left tackle in high school right now uh, so regardless of position th- this is just a don't care <laughs> a very talented offensive lineman that that Tennessee needs I don't care what position he coming I don't care what position he plays 1000 percent obviously if you could nail down a big time tackle, that that's awesome. You 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 prefer tackles over interior guys, I would think. 
so that would be nice. But like you just said, I, I, I don't think Tennessee cares what position he plays um, because he appears to be a, a really talented offensive line prospect. He, he's had an interesting recruitment. Uh, if you remember back towards the end of the summer, he was the one that that was reaching out to some different schools uh, to to gauge interest in and, and begin some conversations. And Tennessee was one of those schools uh, that that he reached out to and and kind of uh, kick started, ignited a relationship there. Uh, and, and he's been talking for a minute about visiting uh, Tennessee. He he said back in August that he was trying to set a date for an official visit. For Tennessee sometime uh, this fall, said that Tennessee was one of several teams uh, that he wanted to, to go visit during the season. And, and then you just really hadn't heard anything uh, about Jordan Seaton since then. Uh, but obviously, Tennessee has done a, a really, really good job to to get him on campus. And if you can get him on campus, Wayne, we, we talked about it so many times over the years. If you can just get a kid on campus then you have a legitimate chance, especially at a place like the University of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's trying to to make that swing with Daniel Hill this weekend. The the running back uh, seems like an Alabama lean. Uh, South Carolina, I, ironically enough, because Tennessee plays South Carolina this weekend, is also firmly in the mit in the mix. But just get them on campus and and see if if you can just knock it out of the park uh, and that that feels like more of where Tennessee is at with Jordan Seaton right now not sure where he's at in his recruitment um but he he is he's wanted by many many good schools Alabama Florida FSU Ohio State Oklahoma Oregon South Carolina Colorado uh, and then now obviously uh Tennessee he's already taken an official visit to Alabama uh he's scheduled to go take an official visit to Florida uh, the weekend, next weekend. Uh, and then he he's also going to South Carolina in November. So uh, a great opportunity to impress uh, Jordan Seaton this weekend. And if you can make a, a big move with him, that that would be massive. I, I talked about it over the summer. Tennessee needs to take that next step in the trenches in recruiting. And I think that they have a really nice, uh, offensive line recruiting class as it currently sits. I I really really like the players that that they currently have recruited at at the offensive line positions. But man, would would this take it uh, to to the next level? Because Jordan Seaton is just a, a really really talented prospect. Now I know Hunsucker is on text box this morning, um, um, saying that he's he's rated higher by other services, and um, y'all know my policy about my my preference. Uh, when it comes to recruiting services, but I'm not there yet. I'm not going. I'm not going to fight that battle with the kid who's not even committed to Tennessee. Now, if he commits to Tennessee, then we'll go with the highest rating. You know how we do it here, or oh, I do it. Ben can't do that no more, but I do it that way. So uh, he's a good football player. He upgrades your offensive line. That's all I care about. I don't care if he's ranked first, second, third, fourth. I don't care. Is he going to be a better prospect coming in than some of the other offensive linemen that we currently have in our football team coming in? The answer is yes. That's all I care about. So, um, volunteer club, what's up? What What is up, volunteer club? Josh Heupel? Got to make this happen. Got to get this done. 
you got to be involved 100% on this one, man. Because we, we got to have this player. I, I, and, and that's so funny that we, we like to, to, <laughs> to pick who we, which database we, we prefer given, uh, the recruit. Because, I mean, we can sit here and talk about how 247 is the only publication that has Jordan Ross listed as a five star. Oh, edge rusher from Vestavia Hills on three ESPN and rivals all have him as a four star uh, and more as a, a top 50 overall player. We have him ranked at number 12 overall. So does the, the database still suck when, when we're talking about, hold on, hold on. Uh, y'all got to put the Ross? five star. Yeah. Oh, I see four star here. You Jordan Ross. Oh, you talking about Jordan I'm Ross? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the the lineman here, Seaton, George. Seaton. Oh no, I, I was saying it. I and I, I know it's all tongue in cheek and having a fun conversation, but it is it is funny to watch fans like bounce around from publications that that they prefer for sure based on, on where the recruit is ranked. Like, oh, George Seaton, not an offensive tackle and not a bona fide five star. Two four seven sucks. Well, okay. Well, here's two four seven being the only one of the four publications that that have him as a five star and listed number twelve overall in the country and, and the number one player in the state of Alabama. Man, gotta make this one happen. We we need we need chance. We we need he needs to feel well, you, love. You you you're down on the field. You and old Stir of the Pearl. Why, why don't you get down there? Y'all, y'all are next to the cheerleaders. Y'all, y'all can take the megaphone, thing of a bobber for for a moment, and, right. and you can start the chance. You, you can still give your all for Tennessee on Saturday night. All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the, the megaphone. And I'm gonna say, "Give me a V." <laughs> no, 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 no. You give me say, a O. You need to say, "Give me a J." I ain't gonna Give say that. Give me an O. Give me an R. Spell out Jordan Seaton's name, and then say, "What you got, Jordan Seaton? <laughs> what you got?" That, that, that might not be a good idea. I don't think I should do that. But I, I am picking up what you're putting down. I do agree. Something needs to be done. Like he, he needs to be able to say, "Man, I'm feeling the love in Knoxville more than any other place," and it's undeniable. All right, let me get back to the phones. 865-255-03. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, guys, this is Mike from Conyers. Hey, Mike. Hey, man, just first of all, I just wanted to kind of clean up something or clarify something. I, last time I, I mentioned <laughs> Reggie White, I know that example didn't go down well, but what I was trying to say, it was really in the context of expectations yeah. and um and, and, you know, Dante Thornton, you, you, you were talking about him, and that's kind of what prompted me to call in. Because, I, you know, I can recall, regardless of how good he, he had played, uh, Reggie White had played, his, and then he had a spectacular sophomore year, and, of course, fell off in his junior year a little bit because of that ankle injury, <clears throat> and then blew up in his senior year. Believe it or not, there were people who were back in that time who were, you know, kind of saying, well, is he ever really going to become the absolute dominant player he can be? I mean, it just talks to what you were talking about about expectations and uh you know it's almost impossible to be that superman that everyone wants you to be um, from day one <clears throat> i would like to make a quick comment on uh on the fourth down <clears throat> situation it's kind of I, I you know the fourth down conversion rate that we've had this year it has been uh, pretty pretty poor and you 
know, not something we can just depend on like we could last year. I really think that goes to the offensive line as much as anything. Um, you know, look, last year we had one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, so I think that certainly gives the coaching staff more confidence in going forward on fourth down and, and making it on fourth down. Um, and I also wanted to kind of comment on something another caller had brought up uh, a little while back about the drop-off from year two to year three on the offensive line and the expectation that we're always going to improve. I, I just think that's a little unrealistic. I mean, I don't care if you're Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State or whoever. You know, just because you're really good one year doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be even better the next year. There's always an ebb and flow. <clears throat> so, but yeah, just Jordan Seaton, I'd love to get him, man. That would be a, an awesome addition. Anyway, I'm going to check out and listen to you guys. Love it. Hey, thank Talk you. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, Mike, yeah. I mean, Tennessee has to be better on the short yard situation. I mean, um, Hypo's first year that was a that was a weakness, and then that was a point of emphasis going into the second year. That was an area where we uh, probably made our biggest improvement offensively, and then boom, you see what happened, and um, here we go again, having some of the same issues. And you know it's understandable. I mean, we have to understand too that uh, Hypo inherited some 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 dogs on the offensive line. Now he has to go recruit dogs and develop them, but he inherited Darnell Wright, um, and a talent, an NFL talent, and Jerome Carvin, uh, who who's a special player, who is a dog, who is a really good leader, and um, had a lot of experience playing in the SEC. So you don't have that anymore. Typically, this is typical expectations. Each year is supposed to be a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. But sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes you have a step back, depending on the personnel. That is that is normal. 865-255-03. I know how Seaton. Tennessee can get Jordan Seaton to campus. What would you say? I know how Tennessee can land the commitment of, of Jordan Seaton. Oh, man, I'm... I want to hear this. I want to hear this from the top recruiter in the country, Ben McKee. You got to hear this. We'll take a break and um, come back on the other side. You listen to the Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. 
Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Nelson says, Swain, you got to wear the white suit and the jagged edge. Shades for Seaton. I, I don't need to be dressing up. I don't need to be dressing up. I'm good. Nathaniel says, Swing going to go out there and point to two different sides of the stadium and ask everyone to yell, Orange! White! <laughs> That's Sterl's area right there. That is Sterl's area. 865 All right, Ben, how do we how do we land? Mr. Jordan Seaton. You you got you got the recipe over there. What you got? Well, it, it is not my recipe. I, I, I had to look in somebody else's recipe book, jot jot these notes down, figure out the, the winning formula, winning recipe, and Dragon Vol on the text box gave me the winning recipe. All right, let me see what you're talking about. Tennessee has to find a way to get Taylor Swift on campus on Saturday night. If they can get Taylor Swift 
with Travis Kelsey, although Travis has a game the next day, so don't know that he's going to be able to make the trip. But it is Sunday night football against the Jets. Zach Wilson's playing quarterback. That, that's an easy dub for the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Trey Smith and Jerome Carvin. I think Jerome's still with the Chiefs. Um, but he, he could come too. He, he can roll out of bed 30 minutes before playing the Jets and, and score a tutty and, and win by 30. Like Travis can come. Swifties, the Swifties can come in with, with Taylor, with Travis. And, uh, I mean, if Taylor Swift is here in, in a suite with, with Morgan Wallen and Peyton Manning and Tony Vitello and Jason Swain, then George Seaton is absolutely going to want to, to come to Tennessee. So I, I think as Dragon Ball pointed out on the text box, Tennessee just needs to find a way to get Taylor Swift inside of Neyland Stadium on Saturday night. That's a terrible idea, Ben. Why? Who makes you think Jordan Seaton gives a damn about Taylor Swift? Uh, because uh, Jordan Seaton is a young man and Taylor Swift is an attractive female. That's why. Oh, boy. Man, you disagree with that point? Uh, hmm? I, I'm glad that you are not a recruiter for, for the University of Tennessee. I mean, Lane Kiffin was using hostesses. Why can't we use Taylor Swift in the same manner? Why, why can't we have Taylor Swift... Next to the recruiting entrance, the the tunnel that that the players come down after the vol walk, the recruits come in there. We get at Taylor Swift right there saying, "I want Jordan Seaton to come to Tennessee." I'm going to the phones. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Mister Rusty. What's going on, Rusty? I haven't had my coffee yet, so forgive me. Well, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry you didn't have your coffee. You ain't had listened to Ben's idea. I mean, you know, we could get we could get the Rock to come in too. He actually the Rock on that on that lip sync TV show, whatever it was. He he did a Taylor Swift song one time, and it went over big. We could get them both together. I don't know, maybe yeah, that's absolutely. a good idea, man. Absolutely, we can get Dion coming as as well. No, we, no, we do not need Coach Sanders in town. Coach Prime, Coach don't, don't don't disrespect him. Coach Sanders. His name is Deion Sanders. When he becomes the ball coach, he is Coach Sanders. We got a coach already, guys. Well, I'm yeah. not. I don't, well, I don't he, want he, him he, to replace Josh Heifel. He's not going to help us recruit being coach in Colorado. He he can come, he can come be, be Tennessee's recruiting coordinator, cheerleader. Oh my gosh! We are um, not disrespecting Deion Sanders on this on this show today, Rusty. Okay, don't make me get Gina on you. Oh, she hates him with the passion. He's a cowboy. He is a cowboy. He is to be oh, hated. I forgot about that he is part. a Dallas. He's a Dallas cowboy. He's a New York Yankee. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, he's an Atlanta Brave. I think. Um, hey, uh, Swain. We I've talked about it probably a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Pass interference and defensive holding is not being called at the same rate. It's 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 dramatically changed. We've played four ball games and we haven't been the recipient of a pass interference or, or a defensive holding going our, go our way. Not that I can recall. Um, I, I went back and looked. It, it's, it's not. It's, it's, 
I don't understand it. I don't know if they've just made a, a concerted effort to stop it. Um, it. It seems like something's going on. Um, across across the game, they've decided we want to stop calling as many calls on, on the secondary. I mean, I can't disagree with you. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of them been thrown in our in our games. Um, it, well, unless Kamal Haddon's in, in in some somewhere in the vicinity of a, of, a, of an offensive well, player. Well, yeah, I've been thrown against us. If, if Kamal's in the area, it's going to get called. Regard, he, I mean, he he might just breathe on somebody, but it's going to get called. You got to look back. Well, it's yeah. you're forgetting you're forgetting something, Rusty. There, there is another possible Peter. outcome when when number five is involved. It's either caught or a flag's thrown on the play. <laughs> there is, yeah. Uh, well, he did. Catch if you're South Carolina, why right? would you not throw it, Kamal, every single time? Especially after anybody, last year. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and I'm and I like him. I think him actually plays well a lot of the time. So I'm not trying to come down. I'm just I'm I'm wondering if maybe a little bit of his behavior sometimes draws the eyes of of people and referees. Then that maybe hurt him. But I, on a whole, Ben, go go look around around the, the game. The calls aren't being thrown in the secondary. I know at least five times this year, the two penalties that were called on Kamal in the AP game for him not looking back and, and the ball's under thrown and him running over the receiver, quote unquote. We've had five of those that should have been called two, two of them in the end zone against Austin P one against brew one against squirrel. Um, we had one the other day against um, San Antonio in the third quarter on a deep shot. Um, it was under thrown a little bit. Joe couldn't uh, get his legs into the throw. Um, yeah, they're just, they're not, they're not calling that stuff, I'm assuming it's because it slows the game down and they want games over quicker. Or they want games to last the same amount of time but to show twice as many, twice as many commercials. Yeah. But we don't need pass interference calls and, and stuff like that to make the game last longer. I don't know, Rusty, man. They did go to the review on a two-yard pass uh, <laughs> for a white a couple weeks ago. So, But you know, you, know what they, you know what they do now during reviews on TV, Swain? What's that? Commercials? They go to commercial breaks. Yeah, there you go. They don't mind reviews because that's ads. <laughs> what, what did you What did you guys think about the last thing? What did you think about the uh, the overrule on them being called for offensive pass interference on the first touchdown? The, where, where they threw the flag and then the line judge overruled the back judge and said, "No, no, he he was legal. He did not. He did not set a he did I mean, not set a blatant." God, leave it. It was. That guy was wide open. It's hard to get that wide open unless there's not some type of you know pick a screen or. He, he used his hands. To, he used his hands to block lot the, the outside receiver who like ran the in, ran the inside move to, to let the inside receiver get wide. He used his hands like he was a right tackle no, trying to do keep that. the defensive end from getting. Yeah, it it was great. Well, here's the thing, and, though. And, and somehow, let him down there in the first place. Oh, for sure. No, no, I'm not mad about that. I'm just mad about, or I'm just saying, the re- the refereeing is is. Odd, to say the least. No, it, hey, it's not great. It's Thanks. not great at all, uh, Rusty. <laughs> you right. I love y'all. All right, see you. I'll be good. I'll be honest, Rusty. I don't really care about the officiating. It's bad, and but but you know it's bad. So now you got to go out there and you got to leave no doubt. You can't let the officials 
um, impact the game in a way that costs you the game. If you execute, you don't beat yourselves, you're winning this football game. Also, yo, can we not be a penalty vulture? Can we not want a penalty on every single play? Can, can we not complain about a lack of a call or a penalty being thrown every single play? It's annoying. I mean, if it's, it's annoying. I understand like, what you're saying, like, you know, basketball players sometimes, but like, if it's egregious, then we complain. But like, every play, and the truth is, you can honestly call the penalty every play if you wanted to. Yeah. But, um, I get what you're saying. It's just, I, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the players on the field complaining after every play. I'm talking about fans in the stands and fans watching on TV. Like, all, all you do when you watch a game is complain for, for 60 minutes about this not being called or, or that being called. Can we, can we just watch the game, please? Like it's, it's part of the human element of sports. Like things are going to go your way. Things are not going to go your way. It's just part of it. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with real D from four, two, three. Uh, probably, probably no thank you on uh, old, old Morgan Waller. Um, let's see here. M- Matt. Anybody tell us it otherwise. We can agree to disagree. What kind of NIL deal are we giving Taylor Swift to get her here on Saturday? Uh, one that's not big enough. How how do you feel about blackout idea in the stands? I'm not sure how that turned out. Um, I don't like it. I don't. I don't want to have a blackout. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, I'm good. Love the dark mode uniforms. Love it when we wear them. Real nice, real sleek. One of the best uniforms in college football. Orange out, checkerboard. Or checker kneeling. Or if you want to do a whiteout. But a blackout, I don't know how good that would look. Number one. Number two, it's not our colors. Uh, No, I'm good. And definitely not a black and orange checkerboard. Don't even get me started on that. So nah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be with it. Orange out, white out, checker kneeling. Those are the three that I prefer. I hope we never do a blackout. South Carolina wears black. We will make them feel at home. That don't make any sense to me. Agree, disagree, Ben? I I completely agree okay. with you. I, I would not wear black or do a blackout when the other team's colors are black, but what do I know? Uh, and that's not me saying that I, I don't like the alternate uniforms. I love the dark mode unis. I, I think they look terrific. I, I just don't know that I would wear them against a, a team that, that typically wears black. But in terms of the crowd stuff, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Nealon looks better. When it's checkered or or all orange, uh, thinking back to that Alabama game last year, that that was really cool to see an, an orange out in the stands, and and then obviously Tennessee has checkered a stadium more consistently, better than anybody in the entire country. I want to see a whiteout. I, I don't recall there being a, a whiteout, especially over the last decade or so. And it looks good. And I, what's that? I say it looks good. You know, Penn State does it. 
and that's where I was going. Uh, I don't recall Tennessee doing it, and I would like to see Tennessee do it because I, I sit there and I watch Penn State do wideout, and it looks absolutely awesome. I, I think that would look terrific inside of Neyland as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, Todd says, I already know we're going to kill the war chickens this weekend. I would like to know where Ben feels Marcus Phillips is going to help the baseball team the most as a pitcher or a hitter. He showed tremendous power in that home run derby. Maybe you could ask Tony V today if he doesn't know. Good morning. Go Vols from the Caribbean and the Caymans. Thanks for the last part. Todd, no one cares. But the question... (laughs) Do, do I need to consult Nelson and, and, and Jackson before I say anything? No, you got the mic. Nelson, don't. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to use Marcus Phillips more as a pitcher than a hitter. Don't know if I'll be able to ask Tony about that today, but uh, I, I will try to at some point over the next several weeks as as fall baseball is going on to to get a quote publicly about Marcus Phillips. But he has a ton of power in the bat, and, and if he keeps swinging it like he did in that home run derby, I'm sure Tennessee would would love to to use his bat uh, potentially, but I I do believe they're looking at him more as a pitcher right now. Love it, folks! Visit mindbodyknoxville.com. Schedule a mental wellness assessment. Mind Body Wellness offers effective mental health treatment in an outpatient setting. I've shared on this program before that I've experienced the benefits of therapy uh, myself. If you feel like this is the time for for you. Uh, to sit down and talk to someone, get that weight off of your shoulders. Mind Body Wellness here in Knoxville. They are accessible, affordable, and available. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com again to schedule a mental wellness assessment. Bulldog Brian says, nervous for you guys if the if Spencer Rattler keeps playing like this, Tennessee is going to get buck race. Milton can't go blow for blow. Yeah, we can't let Spencer play the way he's been playing. Like we, we can't we can't allow that. We can't allow him to play at a high level when he doesn't have the offensive line that can protect him. I mean, you you, you just can't do it. We got to get to him. And I, this game to me comes down to the defensive line. I know it's easy to look at Joe Milton. I know it's easy to look at that matchup between Rattler and Milton and talk about the skill position players on the outside, because it's, you know, it's sexy to talk about the wide receivers. But for me, it's about Tyler Barron, Amari Thomas, James Pierce, Roman Harrison. It's about the big dudes up front for me. Uh, Bryson Eason. Front seven, including Aaron Beasley. Omar Norman Lott getting busy in the backfield, clogging up the run, holding two to uh, occupying two offensive linemen. Elijah Heron flying around, playing fast, playing smart. It's about the front seven for me. South Carolina cannot run well. We do not run it well. Don't need to let them make it any different on Saturday. Don't let them play different or play better than they have in the running game. On Saturday, I think if you handle those things, Tennessee will be in good shape. This this game, for me, comes down to Tennessee's defensive line. Got to be dominant. 
865 Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, Turkey Man. Real What's up, Turkey Man? Hey, I was sitting here listening to you guys, and I was thinking about how much success we had baseball-wise and how, how that the coaches and other teams didn't care for us too much. And I think last year we made the uh, highlight reel, or a lot of teams made our highlight reel from offense, how, how we performed offensively last year. And I think that the coaches uh, talking to the officials probably with a lot of the same complaint they felt like a complaint uh, over and over gets us calls against us sometimes when probably wouldn't get otherwise. And if you understand what I'm trying to say. I think both coaches complain, Turkey, man. Yeah, but I think what I'm thinking is, and, and my the point is, uh, because those teams made our highlight reel, and and you know they would call it a rub or different different things, but uh, coach out on the field or whatever. But I'm thinking same message week after week, and of course you hear that from the announcers because I listen to or watch and listen most of mine. Uh, games are on on TV or listen to the announcer week after week after week. So I hear commentators, you know, bringing certain things up of the past, uh, even the baseball. You know, back in times I've seen it, and I just I just wondered if that had anything to do with. Seem like we do get calls against us at at the most bad bad times, and and when we need that break. And yeah, I just wondered, I just wondered if that had anything to do with. And of course, us fans and our, our talking don't, you know, we're not loved either. <laughs> so no. I just, I, I wonder the combination if that had anything to do with it. Yeah, I get off, guys. I know you get close to the end, and I'll talk to you later. All right, Turkey Man. Yeah, I mean, I think Tony Vitello bumping the, the the umpire and always barking from the dugout. I think that affected the Tennessee baseball team as far as officiating. Um, but like football, I don't, I don't think it's affected football at all. Um, I think all coaches from the sideline see things from, from their point of view, whether it's holding or offsides or, um, have questions about things that are called or not called, um, both sidelines, hundred percent. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that Josh Heupel's complaints to the officials have made the officials call more things against us. Now, Tony Vitello, I think he experienced that. 865-255-03. Ronald Johnson says, we about to hit Rattler in the mouth. I have zero doubts. Well, he says, I have no doubts. Uh, do you think Joe going back in right before the half was him being worried about or trying to be a good leader? Um, Being worried? I don't know what he'd be worried worried about i just think that as a competitor um you play unless you physically can't play and joe felt like he could he could still play now i think he he, he also doesn't make that decision um he could yeah players cooper's made that decision for the last two weeks i mean 
if you feel like you can't go, you, you can't go. And you, you let the, the, the training staff know, and the training staff lets the coaches know. But, I mean, Joe's still able to play. He just has some issues with, with accuracy. It wasn't the same once once he got once he got twisted up a little bit. But uh, I think Joe's was trying to be what everybody would, would be in that moment. Like, you, you compete. You still want to play. Like, no one wants to get hurt and um, not play anymore. Worried Nico looked too good. Mm, I don't know. I can't speak for Joe on that. Uh, so, I, I I do not know. I mean, I think most players that have good players behind them should have a sense of urgency and want to make plays and play and not, not get uh, replaced because of injury, even though there's some sacred rule or hidden rule that you're not supposed to, but it's happened and it's happened to Joe before. Um, so if I was Joe Milton, yeah, I would, you have to peel me off the football field for me not to play, especially in my last year. So Joe doesn't have a lot of time. Nico has all the time in the world. Do both zeros play Saturday? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, sure hope so. But I do not know. That would be great. Nico Slaughter, Jalen Wright, those are two guys you don't have to worry about their mentality and their intensity level. They 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 bring it every day. So we'll see. I think Tennessee is going to need uh, both of those guys. And a good thing that the bye week is coming up after this game too. But that's a really good question. 865-255-03. Chip Payne, what defense would you like to see uh, see up against Spencer? Would you go man majority of the game? I would love for us to be able to play zone and and get to Spencer Rattler. I mean, I don't, the last thing I really want is to be in a situation where Leggett is able to run slants versus man-to-man coverage and Spencer is hitting him on a run on a blitz reaction and him running away from our defense like he did against Mississippi State. So I think we should be multiple, mix things up. But if we get pressure from our front four, it's going to be a long night for Spencer Rattler. So it's not one particular defense that I want us to play in. Like I want us to be able to mix it up. And to be able to mix it up, you got to have dudes knowing their assignment, being in the right place. And then when it comes to -to man-to-man, we got to do a really good job of competing and winning our one-on-one matchups. But no one is catching Leggett when he gets going. It ain't happening. So how about we just not let him get going? (laughs) And so uh, mix it up. If you play man, man, make sure you get, get to him. And him, I mean Spencer Rattler. And Spencer does a really good job of using his legs to buy some time. And if that happens, which for Tennessee, you don't want that to happen. You want to keep him in the pocket. But if it does happen, we gotta really do we gotta do a really good job of staying on our guide man. 
and making sure that we follow our keys and our rules when it's in zone, not letting guys catch the ball on the sideline and extending drives on third down like we did in the Florida game. I also don't like the idea of dropping into zone more often than not, though. I, I, like you said, Tennessee's got to be multiple, but I, I if I have to lean one way or the other, I'm leaning towards being more aggressive than just sitting back. I, I don't... I don't think this Tennessee defense is is at its best when it drops into to coverage and, and tries to keep things simply in front of them. I, I I think they're at their best when they're trying to generate extra pressure on the quarterback and uh, not not allowing him to to sit back and have all day to throw. Now you you obviously made a great point with trying to generate pressure with your four down linemen. I think the first quarter will be very telling. If if Tennessee's defensive line is able to generate pressure and and win their one on one matchups without having to bring additional uh, pressures and and blitzes and whatnot, then then I do think that changes things. If if you're able to get consistent pressure uh, with, with just your your four down linemen, but I, I I like the idea of of being aggressive, bringing extra pressure and, and, and forcing. Uh, Spencer Rattler to to get the ball out and, and try to make a play rather than uh, allowing him to to sit back and maybe pick a part of his zone. Him him going fifteen of fifteen to start the game the other night tells me that uh, he he's seeing things really really well right now. And I, I don't know that I would want him picking a part of his zone at the moment. Well, you can play an aggressive zone. You don't have to be passive. And that's that's the, that's the difference. Where you know you're not sitting any anyone, but you're playing passive zone, and that's what we did. Uh, the beginning of the Florida game, and we allowed Florida to get, um, you know, in our in, in the holes of, of the defense uh, without much pressure, and, and have his kind of pick of the litter. So yeah, you can you can play an aggressive zone. Uh, when you do play man, you got to think about our personnel. We don't have a man personnel in our, in our secondary. Like our our secondary screams zone and sprinkle in some man when we have to, but we can pressure while still playing zone and throwing some different looks at Spencer Rattler, whether it's dropping a backside defensive end or, um, you know, using, you know, uh, uh, blitzing from the corner and a boundary. Like we can do some things to, to, to put pressure on Spencer Rattler without allowing ourselves to be susceptible to big plays over the top. Like, absolutely. Yeah. You don't, you, you don't need to be playing covered zero too much or, or cover right. one too much um, if you don't have the personnel. So I do understand what you're saying. You want to be aggressive, but you can do that playing man, man or zone. Uh, yeah, I just I think back to that Kentucky game in Lexington in 2021 uh, where they had the ball last and Tennessee's defense was just kind of sitting back and not trying to keep everything in front of them. And Kentucky marched right down the field. And then kind of once they got into – Tennessee territory, then Tim Banks was like, well, this isn't working. Let, let's bring pressure. And it paid off. It, it allowed them to win the game. And, and I think the same was last year at the end of the Florida game with Kamal Haddon having that game ceiling interception. Tennessee sitting back, trying to keep everything in front of them. And I realize that's part of the situation in, in those moments, right? Like you, you don't want to just give up something over the top. Well, you said uh, it. A, a, a late score. You said it, Ben, situation. Like it's situational. Yeah. So. If Tennessee is able to win on first down and, and win on second down and you force a sack on second down, now it's third and long, 
why are you going to play cover one, cover zero, if it's third and 18? Why? Like, why? Let them catch the ball at 10 yards and tackle them in the fourth and eight. And if they're at their own 30-yard line, they're punting. So it's situational. There's times when you have to send the house. There's times when you don't have to. It depends on down and distance and where you are on the football field. So it, it's situational. It, it, def, it definitely is. But I agree with your general premise, which is pressure, aggressive. Be the aggressor. Don't be passive. Do not be the nail. Be the hammer. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Tennessee. Fair to, fair to expect more than uh, four sacks in this one, Ben? I think we can. Yeah, I, I, I think that is fair to to expect, especially when you watch the way that South Carolina's offense ha, has played uh, the these first four games of the year. If I'm not mistaken, they've they've given up the most sacks in the SEC. Yeah, um, yeah. and I mean they gave up what nine to North Carolina? Nine North one. Carolina. It's, not, it, it's it's not a good offensive line. Uh, they they got a freshman out at left tackle. They're they're trying to rotate in a freshman at, at right guard. They've only had seven guys been healthy to, to practice this, this week. They they already lack talent and depth, and they're banged up. Th- this is a game where Tennessee's defensive front should feast. Tyler Barron's playing the best football of his career. I think Omar Norman Lott is a future NFL player. Amari Thomas is Amari Thomas. Bryson Easton's playing well. James Pierce Jr.'s coming on. Like This is a game where that, that front seven should feast. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm looking at the defensive line uh, in this matchup for sure. The last thing you want to do is experience breakdowns, though, homeowners, when that first temperature drop uh, happens. It's time to get your heating tune-up taken care of. Hiller right now has happy half-off month, and tune-ups are 50% off. Also, Hiller's making it easier than ever to tackle necessary home replacements by giving you 50% off. Select add-on items. For more details, visit Hiller online at happyhiller.com. Their work is backed by their happy you'll be or service is free guarantee. Yeah, Mississippi State had uh, four sacks on the day. So not not hard. Uh, shouldn't be too hard to expect Tennessee to, to get four or five. Uh, before we are out the door, Ben McKee, if you are trying to have a home with your own door, and you're looking at Knoxville as a destination, or you're in Knoxville, you're looking for a new destination within Knoxville, or you're looking for uh, an investment property, uh, Ben McKee, where do they need to go? They need to reach out to Jennifer Morris, who is over the moon after Ronald Acuna's performance last night to cap a terrific MVP season. Uh, she is currently living it up in South Carolina at the beach on a, on a minication, um, but obviously she is easy to get in touch for. Coach Prime says he's not hard to find. Jennifer Moore says she is not hard to find. And, and if you're looking to, to, to buy some real estate uh, or, or just upgrade your house or, or do whatever, Jennifer Morris can help you do whatever you are setting out to do. So I can't encourage reaching out to Jennifer enough and, and working with Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty. Love it. Love it. Tuesday. We'll be back talking about a big orange win. For Ben McKee, Go Vols 247, I'm Jason Swain. We hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. 
and a fantastic weekend. If you're traveling, uh, please be safe. Peace and much love. We are out. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.